Okay, so uh, here we are again. Uh, good to be back. And uh, it's the middle of July, so happy 4th of July, happy summer. And uh, I guess what, what I wanted to talk about today is why so many small businesses are overpaying their taxes, right? The reason why they're overpaying their taxes is because uh, they're not being forward-thinking. They're really not working with someone who's forward-thinking. In particular, uh, they're working with a lot of folks, like 90% of the industry of accounting and taxes and all that is compliance-based. And remember, compliance is important, right? We're not talking about playing fast and loose here. We're not talking about taking shortcuts. We want to absolutely be compliant and do things the right way. But what we really want to do is be forward-thinking first. So, for example, right now, we know how our clients' businesses have performed through the end of June. And we're working on the third quarter and the fourth quarter to see what we could do to reduce their tax bill. By reducing their tax bill, as you remember, we are improving cash flow. That's the real crux here of what we're trying to do, right? We have this blueprint. We have this plan. We build out this plan. We build out this roadmap. And then what happens is when we implement and follow along on a quarterly basis as going or even monthly in a lot of cases, what we can find is is that we know cash coming in, cash going out, who do we know, and who owes us, and who do we owe money to. And as we know our businesses better, and as we know our customers better, as a small business owner, we can plan and project and work on making improvements as we go, so we don't end up with a big surprise in the form of a tax bill, or a lack of performance, or sales being off, or costs being out of whack relative to prior years and how our business is performing. So that's what it's all about. We're in July. We finished the second quarter. We're doing the third quarter. Uh, a lot of folks are traveling. One of the things I always like to talk about is, is that trip to your vacation spot deductible? Uh, and if you're an Airbnb person, what do you do now in the height of summer if you're in a warm client and you have uh, people coming in to see you, uh, people renting your facility, your place uh, to use at the beach and, and the mountains or what have you for fishing, for biking, uh, for hiking? Uh, so what do we do in that case? Well, what we do is with Airbnbs, we always take a look at how to maximize and optimize deductions, in particular depreciation. We also look at what other uh, amenities are involved in you providing the services, the Airbnb, and how to capitalize on deducting the expenses related to that. And then again, how to maximize your revenues and making sure that those are coming in. What do we also do? We look at travel from the business owner's point of view. If you're attending a conference, uh, and you're going to do a conference in the fall or even this summer, how can you capitalize on some of those expenses uh, whereas you share them with your business where, where you can carve out the personal days and not deduct the expense related to that, but perhaps capitalize on the business days, air travel, trains, planes, automobiles. How do we take advantage of those trips and make sure that a portion of them are tax deductible if they are related to business at the same time, even if you're traveling in a mountain area, beach area, or other, other type of climate where you could take deductions and take uh, expenses related to the business trip for the conference, for your training, for your team building, but at the same time, also carve out personal days for yourself, uh, even though those may not be deductible. Uh, you bring your family along. You bring your spouse. You bring your team. You bring your builders, uh, people that are in your organization, and, and you get that going, and, and you inspire folks for the fall and the latter part of the year. So that's kind of what we're working on uh, with our small business clients right now. I also want to hone in on, we talked about this before, but we're specializing in research and development tax credits. And um, I'm just going to take a look at some notes here for a sec. With research and development tax credits, um, 
you know, we're working with companies. Uh, one of the things we're doing, we happen to be in an environment where, uh, believe it or not, there's a lot of uh, farms, right? So even though we're close to the Philadelphia area, area locally ourselves, uh, we're in an area where farming goes on, especially in the summertime. And we have a lot of clients that are working on crops and plants and things of that nature and how to optimize uh, growing, especially um, maybe not so much organic, but strip, strip farming and things of that nature. And, you know, when they're doing that, in a sense, a lot of these things, especially software developers flipping onto that field, um, you want to make sure that you're looking at whether or not research and development credits apply, right? Even if you're a, um, even if you're a, a social media person and you're developing a new channel and you're utilizing uh, a new software, we recently saw someone on, on media uh, who is uh, creating a calculator for how to use the products related to his business. And that calculator is software-based. So what, what happens with the research and development tax credit? Well, it really is looked at in manufacturing, software development, biotech, uh, and a wide range of injuries for that matter. And in these industries, when you're doing this uh, particular credit, you want to make sure that first the research is a, is a permitted purpose, right? It has to be undertaken to create a new product or process or to improve an existing one. Doesn't always have to be deployed to your customers. It can be deployed within your organization. It must have technological uncertainty, right? You know, there, there must be based on technology, but it also must be uncertain. This means that at the outset, you may expect an, uh, an outcome to occur, but it's not proven and definite that that outcome is going to occur. Think about, about it being experimental in nature. Uh, so that's the third part of the process, right? It must involve the systematic process of uh, in of experimentation. Uh, think about the old days when you were in high school or even in your organization today uh, as a small business. If you're using the scientific method, right, you're constantly testing a hypothesis, you're developing uh, the studies to see if the hypothesis and the outcome is going to be what you expect it to be, but the outcome must not be known at the outset to be definitive, right? We are experimenting. We want to make sure. So if you are planting those new crops, if you are developing that new piece of software, you think that the software is going to solve a problem for you, whether it's AI-based or not, or you think that the, the products you're putting down into the environment are going to enhance your crop. But at the end of the day, are you really getting better production? Are you really getting uh, a better solution to your problem? And, and that's what we mean by uh, experimentation. And finally, the fourth tenet, uh, you may have noticed it was first three. The fourth tenet is, is that the expenses in carrying out the research can be looking at, and, and they must be qualified, right? So what do we mean by qualified? Well, wages, supplies, uh, contract, uh, those things must be qualified. And the, the tax code really gets into defining what qualified research expenses are. Now, what we do when we use our tools to develop the research and development tax credit, we'll, we'll discuss and diagnose and work on and create whether or not you meet the criteria and whether or not uh, professionally, uh, both subjectively and objectively, the criteria qualifies. And once we do know that we've qualified and we made a professional judgment and decision that your research qualifies along with you, uh, what we do is we then take the documentation. We look at wages. We look at all the different building blocks and we create a package. And the purpose for that package, just like the purpose for a tax plan and for the purpose of a roadmap and advisory is that it's defensible, right? We don't want to begin going going back. Even though we're proactive and we're not solely compliance-based, 
we do follow the rules for compliance with our forward thinking. I'd like to say we're forward thinking compliant. So that that's the way we work. We're not reactive, we're proactive. And so now we've built this tax credit, research and development tax credit, very similar to what we do with our cost segregation studies, right? We've built this study that is defensible. It's reasonable, it's rational, it's logical. It saves you money. It reduces your tax bill. Uh, it increases your refund, for example. And at the same time, lowers your quarterly payments. But it's defensible because we have the building box. We have the underlying data that we've mined from your organization, payroll, expenses, supplies, contract. And we look at that and synthesize it with your process of experimentation and all the other tenants that we talked about to qualify for you the research and development tax credit. You know what? It's not too late. We can go back and do this for 2022. We could also take a look at 2021. And then you can roll those credits forward uh, into the future years as well as against some of the prior years. So that's a great time for us to get together. Here we are six months through the year. We've worked. We've looked at our clients. We looked at research, development, tax credits. We've looked at cost segregation. We've always advised our clients on a monthly and quarterly basis about how to utilize right the workhorse strategies. In our last podcast, we talked about the workhorse strategies. We looked at entity optimization. We look at uh, ways to reduce the tax bill through um, accountable plans, for example. We looked at uh, whether or not your entity should be formed and whether or not strategies like the Augusta strategy are pertinent to you and so on and so forth. We even talked about uh, during the U.S. Open, uh, by the way, uh, come to find that some of the houses uh, related to that country club, Los Angeles Country Club, were actually rented out for corporate events. And they utilize the Augusta strategy. Remember, the Augusta strategy looks at looking at uh, renting a property out that you own and taking advantage of some of the tax rules to reduce the tax income on that rent. So again, I know we're all over the place sometimes in terms of we have so much to offer you. We want to put it all out there. But what the main thing is, the main way to save taxes, the number one way to do that in 2023 and beyond is to be proactive, right? You have to be proactive. You have to be working with someone in an advisory capacity. And I tell you from, from the industry, 90% of the people in this industry are compliance-based, which is important, but we like to be proactively compliant where we're doing two things. First and foremost, we're saving you taxes and we have a roadmap. Second of all, we're compliant in the sense that we hold you accountable, right? And we create defensible plans and defensible processes and strategies that will stand up to the scrutiny of uh, the IRS, the local state governments. Remember, not only is there a federal tax credit for research and development tax credits, but there are state and local ones as well that we deploy in all the jurisdictions throughout the United States. So I hope that's, I hope that's helpful. Uh, again, it's been about uh, six months through the year. Uh, this is our, I guess, our third or fourth podcast now. Uh, a great way to look out for us is, is to set up a time. Uh, you have the links below. You have our website. You have our contact information. It's always a great time uh, to do these podcasts. Uh, send in your questions uh, below, and uh, we could use those questions on a future podcast to create content. Uh, always a great way for us to uh, get get out to the folks here. And remember to subscribe to the podcast, get updates, uh, get yourself on our newsletter. But you want to be proactive, and that's what advisory and tax scale is all about. Uh, remember, good to see you. Good to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of the summer. Be safe. Let's take advantage of some of the travel. Uh, build up some time. Uh, get some rest. Get your team going. And uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, shortly in the fall. 
uh, and we'll talk about how to close out this year to make it the best year possible. Tony Bruce, CPA, more than just an accountant. Thanks for being here.